You're listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. This talk was given at 3800 Marlton Pike. For more information, check out circleofhope.net. It was the Haddon Township uh, town-wide yard sale last weekend. And I had Shadi, uh, who some of you may know, little seven-year-old guys, he's seven? Yeah. And uh, with my boys, and we were out and about trying to find the good stuff. Um, tempted, tempted to buy a lot of things. And if you're if you're like eight years old or seven years old, uh, well, these people that I was with at least, it was, they really wanted to get stuff. You know, it's like I have a dollar, I could I could buy something. You know, maybe it's about power and agency. I don't know, but they just wanted to buy all of the crap. And I said, no, you can have one thing. And then they chose one thing. And then they went to the next yard sale where, because I'm still looking for like the best thing. I didn't. I actually, I ended up buying just one little thing. It cost ten cents. It was a Saint Francis magnet. That's what I bought. Um, I was looking for like cool camping gear, you know, or something that people didn't want. It didn't have. Um, but they still, you know, they they came back and they wanted more. They wanted more. Ooh, this. This is a thing. I want this. And uh, if you're honest. Uh, I think you can identify with them in that. Getting, having. Oh, they're very good. Those things are so good. Getting and having, aren't they? This is why I think Marie Kondo is so popular. Do you remember, is this bad over yet, the Marie Kondo thing? Are people still watching her and, and doing it? Well, it took me a while to get on the bandwagon. I don't know if I am yet, but I finally watched an episode, and I was flabbergasted to find out that she speaks Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like subtitled. This is a hugely popular subtitled show. And it, is the book in Japanese? No, no. Are people learning Japanese? There are translators. Okay, yes. No, it was so more the show. More the show, it was like our people. Our people. There, there is a humongous fad of people that are willing to like watch a subtitled show. And I didn't think that like subtitles could be that popular. So that's my prejudice about like people's TV watching habits. But also, like, wow, she's like taking America by storm, and we have to read to like <laughs> like her. You know that that surprised me. Um, I think that she speaks to the the stuff problem that we have, the having, and the getting, and all that good stuff. We know that that runs out, you know. And Marie Kondo even knows she's bringing this kind of Buddhist perspective into it. I think is you know that's what Japan mostly is, and she even has like things where she's like saying. You say goodbye to things, and, and you know it's kind of their service. yeah, and a very useful kind of ritual she's doing. But it's addressing the uh, this need to get over uh, our, our getting and our having, and that that fix that we get. Because you know my kids got toys, and I don't even think we know where they are right now. <laughs> I don't even remember what they were, and I don't think they do either at, at the Haddon Township yard sale because it was the getting. And it was the, the, the perspective of the perspective of having that made it the best thing ever. So Jesus talks about this uh, and when he runs into a guy who likes to get and have, a guy who's just like us in Matthew 19, 16 through 26. Let's take a look at, at this little encounter that Jesus has. I think I'll read it to you just to give it some storytelling flair. Um, but my... Uh, just crashed for a second. Here we go. This is the New King James Version. 
Now behold, one came and said to him, Good teacher, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? So he said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, that is God. But if you want to enter the kingdom of God, if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. He said to him, Which ones? Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, All these things I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go, sell what you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go, go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Apologies for the gender-exclusive language at the end there. I really wanted that this version where it talks about from my youth. Uh, there in chat in verse uh, 20. Oh, you can't see the verses, but the young man said to him, all these things I've kept from my youth. Because that's what we're trying to do, is grow up a little bit. Um, we're trying to, to, to get to where we need to go, and we think that the Holy Spirit is getting us to a new place. That's the idea. If the resurrection happened, then anything can happen, and I can change, and I can grow up, and I can I can ask Jesus safely, what do I still lack? Great question. Sometimes this guy in the story gets goes down in history as like, you know, the one who said no to Jesus, and he's just a bad dude. But let's appreciate his his understanding of that longing. What do I still lack? You know, he has a sense that that he's in need, and we want to have that sense too. We're going to follow this young man in that in that question. What do I still lack? I have all these possessions. What do I still lack? The disciples are kind of channeling some of the, the amazing change that's happening here. Because they say, well, if that's true, who then can be saved? And that might not be um, totally clear to us coming at it from our perspective. Why is it so amazing? To these disciples, what Jesus is saying about the rich not being able to enter through the camp to the like enter into the kingdom of God, like it's as hard as a camel getting through the eye of the needle, sounds impossible. Because their understanding is this retributive theology. Uh, retributive means like you get what you paid for, or you get what you deserve. So there's this sense in this moment in history of how people are relating to God. If I do what I'm supposed to do. I'm going to get what I deserve. And everyone who, do, everyone who is, is suffering, they're just getting what they deserve. You know? And so those who aren't suffering, those who are rich, this man who has so many great possessions, he must be blessed by God. And so they're, they're, kind, of, they're kind of having a mind-bending a mind time here. It's like, wait a second, rich people? They're not blessed by God? What are you talking about? And Jesus is always talking about that. The poor are those who are blessed. 
He's flipping stuff upside down. It's a mess. And it's still a mess for us. He says, be perfect. If you want to be perfect, uh, in response to the man's question of, what do I still lack? And that's another tricky word that I want to unpack a little bit. Um, I think when we say it's perfect, we mean it's perfect. <laughs> you know, there's nothing wrong with it. It, it, is, it is an evaluation of its value, right? But if you think about it as a verb, something is perfected, you know? Like, it has been perfected. It has this process to it, this growing to it. And that's actually what's going on and why I wanted the from my youth in there. I like that they, they have this sense of, of what's going on in the original Greek language, that there's a little bit of a play on word because this man is the young man. That's the, he's, he's the kid. You know, this kid comes up to Jesus and he said, I've done that ever since I was a little tiny baby. You know, like, and then Jesus answers, oh, if you want to be grown up, because this word perfect in Greek has to do with completing one's purpose, getting fully grown, getting to completion. It, it, it's connected to when Jesus says on the cross, it is finished in John 21, same word. Uh, uh, and we even have one, one fancy word in English that comes from it that I'm aware of is teleology. It, the, the word is telos, and teleology is like, what is the end? What is its purpose? And that's, so that's the sense of perfection that we're going for. We need to grow up. And we need to grow into who God wants us to be. That's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what the resurrection life does, is it grows us up. You don't have to think, ah, dang, this kid, this kid doesn't know anything. He's terrible. No, he's just on the way. You know, I like that sense. Perfect means up, done. You know, I, I got it evaluate me, you will find no blemish, you know? I like, I like this, this process-oriented perfection, this growing up, this more organic sense. It's more about the direction that one is heading, the purpose that one has, and its completion, than an evaluation of who you are in the moment. So people grow up, right? And that, that is such a good thing. Um, and, and I'm glad. And, and so let's, let's just celebrate people growing up for a minute. See that little baby right there? That doesn't look anything like this person. You know? <laughs> she changed a lot. That's Beyonce. And I, I recognize the irony of putting up uh, a few uh, famous people who are totally rich, you know? <laughs> when I'm talking about the rich people. These are our examples of people who might have trouble getting through um, an eye of a needle, too, you know? How about that one? I think this one, this one's big. This doesn't look like her at all. This is Demi Lovato. <laughs> Demi Lovato. Uh, how about, okay, one more. Let's get this guy in here. Anybody got a guess for him? I'm going to Famous people's faces? Yeah. Oh, snap! She got it! <laughs> she got it! That, wow, Kathy! That is, that... It was the eyes. His eyes started changed. Oh, my God. No, I never would have got that. <laughs> You're like a face genius. Um... Uh, thank God people change. We grow up. We don't look the same way we did when we were kids. And that's that. Like, oh. It's not like you look, I mean, maybe you really like the way you, you were like the cutest little kid. I'm not talking about like an evaluation of your beauty. I'm talking about the, the transformation of a person. Like it happens. And that's, that encourages me because we want to 
be growing up. We change. Oh, I'll see you. I will see you in there. For people that I know, it's easier. I, 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 think, I don't so. think so. <laughs> I, had I had I done more, had I taken more time, I would have like gotten all of your baby pictures and put them up there. That would have been more fun because it is kind of silly to be having these rich people up here as our as our as our familiar faces. But that's where we live. The Holy Spirit is helping us adapt and change and grow up. We, we want to adapt to a new sort of prejudice. We want to have that amazement that the disciples are having. Who then can be saved? Oh, the world is different than I thought it was. I, I, I default to a certain way of thinking about getting and having. I really like that. We all do. But I'm trying to have a new prejudice towards letting go, giving, making, making safe spaces for poor people with uh, the possessions that I have. Uh, here's another metaphor that might be helpful. Um, how about this one? A ski jumper. You know, check out this ski jumper. I'm just working on working on uh, on this contrast a little bit. This new reality, this new prejudice that we need to have. Uh, super sleek, you know, body body tight suit, you know, very aerodynamic. Really good at flying through the air on skis. That that that's the. Let's just pretend for a moment that that's the new reality. That's the 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 giving and the sharing. That, that's what you need to be to do it. Also awesome is backpacking. You know? That guy has like a huge pack on his back and he's looking at amazing mountains. Look at how much gear he has. You know? It's like more than he is thick coming off his back. Try to ski jump wearing that pack. You know? It's like, it's like well, I want to backpack. Backpacking is awesome. So let me so let me get to the top of the ski jump and ride down with my pack. I need all this stuff. This is this is, when I get down to the bottom of the hill, I need to make a camp. You know, I, I gotta make something. So I gotta carry all this stuff. You're gonna lose, you're not, you're not, you, you might die. You know, I don't know if you try to if you try to do this. It's that kind of difference. I'm trying to highlight the difference. Is this working, this metaphor? You know, geez, I'm not saying that ski jumping is, is holier than than backpacking. I'm just trying to make the distinction. If you're trying to ski jump and you do it with a backpacking backpack on, you're not going to be able to do it. You got to let go of that stuff. You got to put on your your new skin tight suit and and fly through the air like you were meant to do. Jesus is reorienting us to a new way of being, and it is decidedly different to the way of the world. If you want to be perfect, go Sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Jesus is saying, be like me, dependent on others. He says, the son of man has no place to lay his head in Matthew 8, 20. Uh, in, in Luke 8, 3, we see that the women are providing for Jesus's needs. He doesn't even have any income. He's just walking around. Um, in... Uh, Luke 10, 3, he sends out his disciples in a very distinct way. They don't have a backpack. He says, he says specifically, don't take a staff, don't take sandals, don't even take a purse. Just go. I'm sending you out like lambs among wolves. It's this very bold, like, who would want to do that? That is not a world I want to live in, necessarily. But I gotta get it. I gotta have it sense of me, because that's in there. Is very much in contrast with 
uh, oh, I need to go and depend. I need to go and trust. I need to go and share or be shared with. Very distinct. So what is your great wealth? You know, what is your great possessions? You know, it, it wouldn't be, even if you're not a rich person yourself, which some of us could be qualified as that, we live in a place that's very rich. You know, we live in an empire that because of, uh, you know, the wars that our country fights and uh, the big corporations that were founded here, we get the benefits of like the whole world economy. So even the poorest of the poor here in the United States, uh, though there is a giant and unjust difference between the richest of the rich and the poorest of the poor, there's also a big difference between the poorest of our poor and the poorest of the poor in other countries. You know, there is hunger right here in the zip code, but there is not famine like there is in Yemen, where, where we're bombing and blocking shipment of goods so no one can even get in to save them, even if they want to. There's a difference. We can see, oh yes, we do have some riches. But I also want to expand it. I don't, I don't know if this is only just about uh, rich people who have money or possessions or land or, or big cars. It's not just about luxuries of the material kind. I think there's other kinds of luxuries that Jesus is talking about too. Um, what, what might I, I, I not be able to go without? Because we're trying to get with this man and he's, he's asking, what do I like? And his specific question was, yeah, you have too much stuff. That stuff is holding you down. Jesus had an insight into what this particular man needs to do. Jesus does have a bigger idea about how economies should work. But, this, but let's not forget that this is specific. And so if you come to Jesus with this question, what do I still lack? It could be different. There could be a lot of things. And maybe even this young man had other things he needed to work on, but this was the big one that Jesus honed in on for him. So, you know, there could be a getting and a having that, that you're more attuned to. You know, I gotta get that praise. I gotta get that sense of self-worth from the success that I, that I have in my career. I gotta get uh, people's uh, approval. You know, it, it could be an emotional process too, that you're hoarding up your, your sense of worth in some other place than God. Because that's what, that's what Jesus is talking about. Store up for yourself treasures in heaven. That's the positive thing. We should always be following Jesus' command, not just his negation, you know. Let, let's do what he's trying to do. Okay, well, what treasures am I actually storing up? How am I actively building up for myself treasures in heaven? That's what we're working on. That's the new reality we want to live in in the wake of the Holy Spirit. And I think it's a group project. Um, and, and again, that's what this man is trying to do with Jesus. He just can't hang. But, but his impulse to go and say, what do I still lack? He's trying to have a good process with Jesus. Sometimes he gets egos down. You know, people talk, oh, this guy is so self-justified. He's terrible. You know, I like it. Because I, I feel like him sometimes. I feel like I need, I need to have that earnest question answered. Um, so here are the questions that I think are guiding our group conversation. What sacrifices can I make? And how does simplicity make us complete? That's what I'm naming this kind of uh, life, simplicity. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a core value of ours. We want to have that as our prejudice. But how can I make my life simple? How can I, how can I live with less? What, what, can I, what can I do without? What could I give away? 
And I can't answer these questions for all of you. And Jesus' answer is going to be different for each of us, but it helps if we're having a group project. I think that's how the Holy Spirit works. Uh, Jesus breathes on a group of people and says, here I am. So we need the Holy Spirit to be binding us together so we can have a dialogue about it and to help us grow up into these questions and their answers. Because we default to treasures on earth and not in heaven. We default to walking away from Jesus because he asks of us too much. We default to getting and having. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a worldwide problem. And though that is our default, it is not always what we do. Okay? We're already doing this. We, the Holy Spirit lives in us. And so we, we do other things than our default. We can recognize our default and not be stuck in it. You know, I think just the recognition is, is, is what makes the project. So uh, every act of generosity, every time we give something away, uh, every time we, we, we feel the pinch because of some sacrifice that we made, the Holy Spirit is making that happen. You know, it's already happening. Even people maybe that don't even know Jesus, I think that their acts of generosity are Holy Spirit made. Bill Gates, not a, not a Christian but curing, like, malaria in, like, big swaths of Africa, that's Christian, <laughs> you know? The Holy Spirit is doing something in him. I don't think he came to that on his own. The default, the darkness, would be to just get, have, keep, mind. And he does a lot of that, but he also doesn't. That's why I'm recognizing that. I'm calling that out. I'm celebrating because I need the world to be that kind of place. That's the project I'm given. I am sent. To, to be a transformer, and we're doing that in this body. I'm hoping that during talkback, which is going to come in one minute, uh, that you'll be able to give some more ideas of how that's happening, maybe how you saw someone else's generosity. Uh, people we often don't want to talk about their own. <laughs> so so don't, don't get stuck just thinking, oh, I don't know if I want to talk about how I was sharing, how I was giving away. Talk about someone else then. You, or you could talk about yourself. I wouldn't mind that because we're giving the glory up to God. You know, we're recognizing that our default setting would be to get and to have. And any time that you do something different, God must have been doing something in you. Wow, this is great. I don't look like a little baby anymore. I'm getting closer to perfection. I'm getting closer to, to uh, completion. My purpose is becoming more clear. And I look more like who I'm going to be now. So that, that can be celebrated because God is making you. Um. So, but just a couple of ideas about how we've already organized our community to do this. Um, we have a common fund where we actually share things in common and it's not just like the church's money and my money. We really make a big point of the money that we share together, it's ours. Super transparent. You can ask any questions. You can say, I don't think we should spend this money that way. You could turn off the lights because it's your money, you know? Um, that's, that's who we're trying to be, and we, we, I think we're succeeding at it. That we actually have a common fund, and it's just, not just a name that we slap on uh, some accounting process. Um, but in order to have that common fund, many of us organize our personal budgets to lack, to have less, to go by with less. We share with each other, we share with our common mission, and sometimes it hurts. Sometimes when things didn't go right this month, and you, you've got less income, but you've committed to, to, to share a certain amount in the common fund, it hurts a little bit. Oh, dang. I'm still writing that check. 
I guess. That that's a good that's a good feeling we think. That's kind of with these questions. You know, apparently having that sense of dependence, having that sense of uh, things getting a little tight is part of the character of Jesus. That, that's how he walked around in the world, and that's how he sent his people out into the world, and we are his people. So there's that. But then also how we organize that money that gets into our common fund is that same kind of thing. Uh, we, we have a mutuality fund. We're committed to giving 20% of our money away from our, our basic needs. You know, sometimes when we don't reach our financial goals, Sherry, who's our, our common fund team leader, she's like, well, do we, she, she never says this. She would never say this. Um, but I, but, but like she, she is aware of like how the bills are getting paid. And she might say, oh, we didn't give all that money away. <laughs> we could like, we could be fine, you know? We could, you know, I don't know. What could we do? Lots of things. But we're committed to that because that's who we want to be as a body as well. We want our common finances to reflect our common purpose. We want to grow up as a body too and be who God is making us to be. Follow the Holy Spirit's move. Two other quick ones. We have a thrift store. Two of them over there. Y'all fill up. We have a, a closet in there right by the front door. You fill that up with stuff like all the time. And I hope you recognize that that little bit that you're giving, that you're like kind of cleaning house and you're not just giving um, your trash away. You're giving something that could actually be really useful for someone else. Give someone the dignity to have nice things at a very affordable price. Like you're participating in something. And then we raise a ton of money and give it to him. You know, that, that happens too. Uh, and then the, one of the favorite things that, uh, that we do, Lauren helps organize the Baby Goods Exchange, which is just like, you know, it's the, the, the most clear expression of sharing that we do. Um, and it works so well. Get the community together. Hey, you obviously don't need these clothes that don't get your child anymore. Uh, and you do need clothes that do. That baby, you can clothe that baby for at least a year on just Baby Goods Exchange stuff, you know, and whatever your grandparents buy, you know. Because they always want to do that. Um, so uh, those are some ideas. But the very, but the last one, the very basic way we, we share uh, is we share our lives together. We have cells where we are coming together and uh, sharing time. You know, it's very demanding to be at two meetings a week in the morning on Sunday or in the evening on Sunday. And then also sometime during the week. That kind of real estate that you give people in your schedule to love them to walk with them through their struggle, to call them up and say, how you doing? To go to their thing because they're doing a thing and I said I would like support them and like be in their life and now I have to go to this thing, you know? Like, stuff like that, you know? Um, that, that is a sacrifice. It's not, it's not all financial. Making time, making your life about someone else on a regular basis, that's what Jesus is getting at. And, and I think that he's saying, when we do that, we're growing up to look more like him, to, to be more dependent upon each other, and to uh, be dependable for those who are in need among us. The cell is the primary place where we take care of each other. The cell is the primary place where we spend our mutuality money. You know, we have money set aside, some of that 20% that we set aside, half of it goes to help people in, in their needs. And the place where that gets distributed is in the cells. That's how we do it, because we wanted to, we wanted to the, the real life that we have together to be concretely organized around this, this new prejudice, around answering these questions together. 
So let me pray, and then you'll get a chance to talk back if you, if you want to, and if not, that's fine. Uh, and uh, we'll, we'll go and respond with some worship. Holy Spirit, we're asking you to show us the way, uh, to tell us what we lack, and to teach us that lacking at least a little is good, even if it uh, goes against our grain, so to speak. We celebrate what it is you're doing, the generosity that you're kindling in us and in the world, and we're asking for more of it. In Jesus' name, amen. So, being part of this meeting for a decent amount of time, I've seen a lot of people burn out on this. Like, I feel like they're, they're such an integral part of our community, and they give, you know, give so much, and end up feeling like they're suffering so much they can't take it anymore and have to pull back. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want a car that breaks down all the time, and I can't drive my kids around safely, or I want to be able to take my I'm, I'm thinking of uh, that, that, that kind of scary part in Acts where uh, Sapphira and, I'm blanking on her husband's name, Ananias, uh, they, they sell some of their property and, they, and they, give it, they give half of it or part of it to the body. And it's not, the problem isn't that they only gave half. The problem is that they lied about it. The problem is that they were holding something back and trying to represent themselves differently. And I think that's, like, Peter might have said in, in the full-on conversation, it would have been fine if you had given half of your money. 
uh, it gets told in a more sparse way, but like, um, yeah, like we live in the reality that Jesus is giving up, Jesus is calling for our all. Um, but it's not just like you have to, it's not, you're just, you're giving it all away. You're, he says, and come follow me, you know, give all your stuff away, give it to the poor and come follow me. Join in this movement where there's enough, where there's a, a, a leader at the front of it who can turn five fish and, and two loaves into an abundance. You know, Jesus actually has to be at the center of the conversation. And if you just make a principle, like if these questions that I put up there have like really, uh, you know, black and white answers in your mind and you know exactly what you have to do forever and just gut it out, you know, if that's your certain answer that you you just have to do that, yeah, you, you'll, you'll probably burn out. You know, if you don't have the actual fluidity, the actual conversation, the the love, and then Jesus. That, that, I, I brought this up because we can't do it without the Holy Spirit. You know, we're moving towards Pentecost on June 9th when the Holy Spirit comes down. We celebrate that. And these are the things that, that Jesus calls us to do that we cannot do without the Holy Spirit. The hard stuff. Even like in Yemen or other parts of um, the world, where you know, even we we give all these resources and money, and then you know, just the corrupt governments just block it, and then yeah, you just have this like feeling more useless and hopeless. And it's in those moments where you know we're talking about even Pentecost coming, like the Spirit of God like still is there at work, and like there's been moments where I mean, I'm just like I I don't feel like I can do any, like I have no like nothing to offer. One more. Uh, the team's going to come up, and we're going to move into worship. But if there's someone wants to have a final word, okay. To say, I was going to pick someone up. I think someone felt to be up there. Go ahead. But um, so one thing that was making me think of was how being a Christian has changed how I assign value. Um, and I was thinking a few years ago, I, I like to get, I like to have. Uh, you've been in my house. I, I blame really liking the I Spy books as a kid. This is the way that my house is decorated. Um, but I can think of like a couple years ago, I remember I had this yard sale, you, you went to it, and there's a lot of stuff that didn't sell, so I just put it back in the, in the crates that they had already been in for years, but I didn't want to get rid, to it, rid of it because I was like, I've already assigned, like, literally assigned value to these things. Like put a sticker with a price on it. And I was like, I can't get rid of this stuff. It, it's, it has value. Um, so fast forward, I'm moving, doing some cleaning out. And I realized, which was an issue I had back kind of when I boxed all this up, uh, I like to get, but I really had an issue with receiving. 
you know, receiving gifts was a real thing. So fast forward, I've been, you know, doing the Christian thing during this time. And I find myself like, as I'm like, all right, doing the Marie Kondo thing, I'm like, what's speaking to me here? And the things that were speaking to me were things I received as gifts. And I realized that the emotional connection that I had had changed. It wasn't like, oh, these things have value. They're worth money. They were, I want to keep this because I received it as a gift. And, and that's the connection now that I feel towards it. And I was thinking about when I, the stuff I wanted to get rid of. My trepidation about getting rid of it wasn't like, oh, this has mud, this is worth money, and now I just want to get rid of it. it. was, I don't want to get rid of this because who can I give it to? Like, I want to do something with this. And that was kind of, and I realized, like, whoa, like that's kind of reorganized the way my brain was assigning value to stuff. was like, oh, I, I now my connection to this is because I have received it as a gift, and I don't want to get rid of this, not because I think it's worth money, but because I, I want to bless somebody with this. And then on my birthday, he gave me two perfect gifts <laughs> out of that store. Seriously, they were like, wow, it just, this is just your stuff that you don't want. But it's like, I love, like, it, it, was, it was so catered to me. I was like, wow, this, these are really good presents. And I really like that you just had them for me. It was perfect. All right, come sing for us then. And we'll sing with you. Um, let's go back to this. Uh, oh, I didn't, I didn't get to that. <laughs> I need to more. I've done a lot of Marie Kondoing. <laughs> Receive again this word from, from John's story. And with that, he breathed on that and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. We too now can receive that. Just take a pause as the band gets ready to receive what God has given you now. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.